0: Portions of this podcast may not be suitable for children. It's real-life stories and sometimes PG-13.
1: If you want to lift yourself up, lift up someone else.
2: Booker T. Washington. You're listening to the Think Twice TV podcast. Hear true life stories, catch good vibes, and be inspired by engaging messages. On this show, we'll think twice about life faith and just what could be possible when the two are united broadcasting from the beautiful great lake state of pure michigan here's your host dan henderson hello thank you for listening
1: today's show is entitled swayed from suicide dealing with depression we have several powerful short stories lined up that will take an honest look at mental health depression and suicide you may be thinking what does this churchy guy know about any of this Well, I've lived it. Back in the year 2000, I gave it my best shot at drinking myself to death. I nearly succeeded too. That was a big wake-up call for me. From there out, I set out to find God and discovered that when he helped me deal with my deeper issues of anger, regret, and shame, I could finally leave behind my drinking and drugs. It's a long story, but I did share that back on episode eight, From Darkness to Light. Everyone's path to peace of mind can be different. I do know that if Jesus is in our hearts and our minds, we have more than a fighting chance at this thing called life. Now let's get right into our first story now.
3: Ten years ago, looking from the outside in, I probably didn't seem like the type of person who would want to kill myself. I was pretty well liked, I was a strong athlete, I picked up on stuff pretty quickly and I was always smiling and laughing. really that's what you saw from the outside though on the inside I was hurting I was helpless I was hopeless and what I thought at the time I thought that I was fighting something all by myself which was the mental demons in my head of depression and anxiety on February seventh, two 2007 I really let the demons get to me and My whole life I've believed in God but um, you know I kind of just believed I didn't always just let him into my life like I have now and February 7th I had planned to kill myself that whole week I didn't have any signs to anybody I didn't tell anybody about it and honestly I thought I probably was the only one in the world that um, felt like I wanted to take my life. So that week, I wrote some suicide notes. Um, I planned everything to a T. I knew my parents were gonna be gone. So I got in my car, I went home. I had left the suicide notes in my car um, so nobody would find them. And I put them on my bed that night. And I remember specifically um, leaving my room spotless. Um, So, they would have a place to remember me, and I never wanted to hurt anybody, my family or my friends, but I just couldn't do life anymore. <laughs> so I left the notes on my bed, and I remember looking back at my bed with notes, and I remember really thinking that I didn't want to die, it was just, I didn't know how to cope with everything that was going on in my life at that time. and. You know, nothing extreme was happening, it was just there was so many things going on in my head that I didn't know how to cope or how to take on by myself. So after I left the notes I knew there was no turning back and my plan was to speed up to a point where I could jerk my car and completely flip it in hopes to die off of impact. Um, That was my plan and that wasn't God's plan. But numerous times I found myself jerking the steering wheel and then redirecting myself back straight. But the demons kept fighting in my head and I remember really stiffing the gas pedal and hitting 80 miles an hour, 90, 100, and once I hit 110 I swerved the wheel. And the next thing I knew I was flying through a fence. Um, And the next thing I knew, really my world just went dark. Um, Luckily there was a truck driver behind me who saw everything and he came out and found me laying face up in a ditch and I was five yards away from the Nebraska Platte River and I just remember waking up absolutely livid. I was livid because I failed and I knew that I was still alive and I was so mad and in shock and in so much pain that I couldn't move and he was talking to me but I wasn't talking back and I was sitting in the emergency room hospital bed and that's when I woke up again and I was surrounded by my immediate family. That probably was one of the most shameful moments of my life. and I felt so ashamed and so embarrassed, and at that time, I still was so mad that I failed. And what I thought, February 7th, um, I thought that was my darkest day. I think February 8th in the morning might have been even darker. Everything from there, though, it's just like the light started to shine in after that moment, but they told me 50 yards in front of my wreck scene was a little yellow sign that said, Trust Jesus. And kind of just at that moment, I knew that's what I was supposed to be doing and that I was supposed to be there. And I really have no idea how I survived it after looking at pictures of my car because my whole entire car was smashed in except for the driver's seat. And just to have landed just five yards away from the Platte River, um, I just feel like God had to have been holding me that whole entire time. Um, And He was. From then on, I've really just been trusting Jesus with my life. I still battle and the difference is, is I know how to cope and I know how to beat it. And the number one thing that I've done is I've just prayed to God. I knew that I couldn't do it anymore and I knew there had to be something bigger to life than still having all these demons in my head. Passing those over to God and asking Him to take the anxieties, the worries, even when there's good times and there are bad times, um, I give them to Him. I had been living with a cover-up story um, in the society. It's not talked about much, suicide or mental illness, depression, anxiety. I think people think it's not normal, that they're not supposed to feel that way. Um, And really, in my mind, it's okay to not feel okay, but it's definitely not good when you're not talking to somebody about it. And I'm definitely not the only one that's fighting these, and coping, and trying to beat them. There are a lot of people doing this, and When I finally let God in on that and took the cover up of my car accident being, swerving for a deer, a lot of things and a lot of light just started to shine in. And for all that time too, I have never forgiven myself for what I did. And I knew that right after my wreck and after asking God to forgive me, I knew he forgave me, but I hadn't forgave myself. It wasn't until about six or seven months ago when um, I finally forgave myself and it honestly was like a breath of fresh air and I can't say how much I just have to go on every day with just relying on God and for the first time in 10 years I went back to my rec scene last night and was trying to look for the trust Jesus sign and I couldn't find it and I think that goes a lot to say about life too. A lot of times we go through life and we're waiting for God to show us a sign or maybe He's not acting in our life like we want Him to, but He's got a plan. And even though we are not seeing Him maybe as active as we want to, um, He's really got a plan and He's trying to work it through you. You just have to wait and just keep praying that He guides you through everything and directs your footpaths and everything and whether you're fighting anxiety or depression or any kind of mental illness, grief, anything, just know that God has your hand and trust Jesus, and I'm living proof that anybody can get through anything. You trust Jesus.
2: You're listening to the Think Twice TV podcast. Come see us at thinktwicetv.com.
4: I didn't grow up in a Christian home My father was an alcoholic for as long as I can remember. He spent most of his time drinking in the garage until he would pass out. My sister and I grew up listening to my mom talk about aliens and the shows that she would watch and how they created us and we were their experiments. She actually believes that she was abducted and she still believes in it today. She also believed in Indian gods and she was fascinated by them. It was hard growing up to actually believe in God when you were pretty much brainwashed from the beginning and didn't even know if he was real. Growing up, I had issues with my anger. I was very short-tempered. I could lose my temper very easily. Wasn't very good in school. I was in trouble a lot for fighting, for bullying people, making fun of people. When I was 14 years old, I got hooked into the punk rock scene, I started playing in bands, I started drinking, I started smoking. I grew up hating people who would talk to me about God, hating Christians. I would argue with them, try to damage their beliefs. When I was 16 years old, my parents sent me to a psychiatrist for my anger and for my depression. I was put on antidepressants. I was always told by my parents and by friends that I wouldn't make it, that I would either end up going to prison, or I'd end up dying young. In 2001, I ended up marrying Amy, my wife, and I was still struggling with my anger. It was getting worse. I wish, I wish I could say that I never took it out on her, but I did. I abused her verbally, emotionally, and physically. We got a phone call at our house one night, and I picked up the phone Later I found out it was Pastor Brian, and he was inviting us to the Christmas reel-to-reel. And when I answered the phone and he told me that, I was really close to hanging up the phone. I wanted to hang up the phone because I knew what it was for when when he announced the church and everything. But something inside me said, don't hang it up, give it to Amy. And she came back in and said, I got us tickets to the Christmas reel-to-reel. And I ended up going. A week or so after we came to the Christmas program, Amy told me that a pastor was coming to our house. It was Pastor Brian. He was coming over to explain more about the church. He took me through the way of the Master and through the Ten Commandments. And, of course, I failed it. I remember saying a prayer. It was January 6, 2007. I said that prayer, but I didn't mean it. I said it for my own selfish reasons, to get people to leave me alone. I just didn't mean it when I said it. It didn't matter to me. I started reading my Bible, and I didn't understand it. I remember reading it and it just, nothing made sense to me, but I would try. I started reading in John and the more and more I read, the more it started making sense and the more convicted I started actually getting. Amy had left town and went to Illinois and while she was gone, my anger and my depression was getting worse and I was losing it, I could feel that I was losing it, crying hysterically and it started getting worse and worse. I remember in my head, I just started telling myself, just end it. Just let it go, just just kill yourself, get it over with, nobody will care. And it would go over and over again. And I remember fighting it, I remember pulling at my hair, crying hysterically, I remember hitting myself in the head. And I just, I just wanted it to stop, but it wouldn't stop. And then it just happened. I remember I was just done. I was broken, I couldn't take it anymore. And I just dropped. And I just cried out to God. I confessed everything to Him. I confessed every sin I could think of that day. Everything from the past to the present. And I just started laying it all out there. I confessed that Christ was Lord, and I just gave myself to Him that day. It was like something just let go of me. Like, it was over. That was the day that I was reborn. That was the day that I picked up my cross, and I started my walk. That was the day of my salvation. I'm not saying that after that, everything got better but I had a sense of peace about everything. I knew that He was with me. Things started making more sense to me in the Bible. I was praying, I just felt a connection between me and God that I had never felt before. Since then, I've been freed of pornography. I I quit drinking, I quit smoking. My anger subsided, I just know He's with me. I know He's there. Every step that I take, I can just feel Him there. For 28 years of my life, I never once put God first. I didn't even care. I willingly and knowingly spit on God's law. I was justified by my faith in Christ, that He was born of a virgin, that He lived a perfect life, that He bore my sin upon the cross, that He died for me and rose again three days later to take the sting of death away from me. My name is Chad Adams, and Jesus is my Lord.
0: Share the experience of our incredible true life stories at thinktwicetv.com forward slash our stories.
5: When I was 16 years old, I planned to commit suicide because because life was just too heavy. It was just too much for me. It was just too much. I was an atheist who, who had been through a lot of hurt who'd been hurt by a lot of people and was really self-centered and selfish and, and all I thought about was my own pain and I couldn't get out of it. And finally, I just, I decided that that I didn't wanna, I didn't wanna keep doing life anymore. And when you're an atheist, it kind of, if you don't, if life gets too hard, there's really, there's really no reason to keep going, I don't know. For me, I was just too selfish and So I planned to commit suicide, and the day that I planned to commit suicide, (laughs) I came home from school, and I was having a nervous breakdown, I think, and I remember my grandma looking at me going, just understanding, she just knew, I don't know how she knew, I guess it was God, but she said, something's wrong with you, and you have to go to church. (laughs) And I said, there's no way I'm going to church, Those happy Christians that never have any problems and but she just kept on and she would not stop screaming at me until I finally was just like okay if you stop screaming I'll go and sit in this building just so that you'll shut up pretty much of <laughs> what I said and I went there and I sat in the back and I crossed my arms and I pretty much was like waiting for it to be over so I could leave and fulfill the plan that I'd had to commit suicide that night, and uh, the guy starts talking. The preacher, he says, he starts talking about pain in people's lives, and he seemed to just describe my whole life, my whole story. It seemed like he was talking straight to me, and I was getting kind of weirded out. <laughs> I was like, I gotta get out of here. This is weird. And then, uh, and then the guy. The preacher, he, white-headed Southern preacher was like, start crying. And that got my attention. I was, I, was, I was just thinking, why is he crying? And all of a sudden he says, there's a suicidal spirit in the room. And I, all the hair stood up on my arms and I was like, I got to get out of here. This is weird. And he was like, he said, he just kept crying and he said, Please come up. We want to we pray for you because God has a plan for your life. And I know that you don't understand why there's so much pain in your heart. But God, God made you. And he made you to be, to be connected with him. He made you so that he could love you. And so that you could love him back and experience a life like you've never known before in him just knowing that God is real and that he loves you and he has a plan for your life please come up and let us pray for you whoever it is that has that suicidal spirit and he cried while he said that and I had too much pride I was like there's no way I'm gonna go stand in front of these Christians and say I have problems <laughs> I was like no way even though I, I thought it was really weird. <laughs> so I got up and I, I went towards the door and finally I was like, I'm out of here. And Went towards the door and there was a man standing at the door, another man with white hair and he had been crying, I guess. I don't know, they're crying a lot, I guess. <laughs> he was crying and he, he caught my attention because I would never seen an old man cry before and I'm looking at this guy and he says, the Lord wants me to speak to you. And he said, he knows the pain in your heart. He's seen you cry yourself to sleep at night. And he died to take that pain out of your heart. And he kept talking about other things that he couldn't have known. And I, he said, would you please let me pray for you? And I felt like he loved me, a stranger. He really loved me. And he said, God loves you, and that's why I love you, and I want to pray for you. I said, okay, finally, I said, okay, you can pray for me, and then he put his hand on my shoulder and started praying, and it felt like God of the universe showed up, and I saw who I was. I saw that I I was sinful. I saw that there was this perfect, holy, loving God It was right in front of me, the God of the universe. Why does he care about me? I don't know. I'm just, he's just standing there, and I just feel like God's saying, you know, he's showing me who I am. I'm all the love I thought I had, I was selfish all the time. I thought I loved my brothers and sisters, but that was only till they got on my nerves. <laughs> and I thought I loved my, my boyfriend and my friends, but if they did me wrong, it was always selfish and conditional. And I understood that, you know, sleeping with my boyfriend was wrong. It just felt like I just understood my sin. It was not, it was not loving. It was not selfless. It was... It was selfish all of it and God's standing there showing me this this picture of myself and at the same time he's wrapping his arms around me going I want to make you new I want to make you new I want to make you new I want to show you how to how to live how to love I want you I want you to know that I love you just the way you are but I'm not gonna leave you that way and so I just remember waking up the next day and I looked at my ceiling, and I was like, okay, um, I wasn't supposed to wake up today, so why why, why am I waking up? <laughs> why, why do you want me here? What do you want with me? And my whole life has been an adventure since then.
0: Life, hope, and truth for generation now. This is Hashtag Gospel. Relevant, inspiring, and straight to the point the gospel and what it means for us.
6: It starts early on, that outrage, that searing sense that things are far from fair. And the more we live, the more we feel it. Some situations are small enough that anger feels petty. Others are so enormously unjust that we wonder how the sun still rises. At our core, we long for justice. And it makes sense because the Bible says God is a God of justice. The irony is that this innate sense of justice we share with God is the very thing that condemns and separates us from Him. If God is perfectly just, knows all, sees all, down to the true intent of our hearts, then He cannot overlook our sin and corruption. His justice renders us all guilty. But there's another attribute of God the Bible also speaks of, His mercy. Mercy that is abundant, Mercy that is over all that He has made. Mercies that never come to an end. One of the most beautiful complexities of God is that He is both just and merciful. And that means that we have hope. This is the gospel.
0: Hashtag gospel. View each message as an amazing animated video at hashtaggospel.com. That's H-A-S-H-T-A-G. Gospel.com. It's time for a bottle of Bill's Wisdom. A short, single-serving message of wisdom from our friend, Pastor Bill Leach.
7: We live in a society where escapism has reached epidemic proportions. Men and women are willing to pay almost any price for the luxury of forgetting. There's a longing deep within many hearts for a brand new start, for a complete break with the past. Maybe you heard about the disillusioned man who decided to end it all. He poured gasoline all over his body, strung a rope around his neck, which he tied to a limb of a tree that grew out over water, and held a gun to his brain. He was going to do it right. Now that everything was in readiness, he strikes the match to ignite the gasoline, jumps from the tree to hang himself, and pulls the trigger to kill himself. But as fate would have it, in jumping, he miscalculated. When he squeezed the trigger, the bullet didn't hit his brain, it hit the rope, it cut the rope, he fell into the water, it put out the fire. And he testified if he wouldn't have been a strong swimmer, he'd have surely drowned. Escape. Loss of memory. So many people want to forget the past that haunts them. The beautiful thing is that we can forget. The Apostle Paul, who prior to his conversion persecuted Christians to the point of executing them, said forgetting those things which are behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. First John 1.9 says, if we confess our sins, if we say the same thing about our sins that God says, if we see how wicked and awful they are and we don't want any part of it, if we confess that to God, he is faithful, he's reliable, he's dependable. We can count on him and he is just. And he will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I love that word all, all unrighteousness. The word forgive means literally to send away. God lets it go. He cleanses us. He washes us. He makes us clean, pure, holy, righteous, and just. Oh, happy day when Jesus washed my sins away. After we ask our Father for provision, give us this day our daily bread, we ask for pardon. Forgive us our debts, forgive us our sins, as we have also already forgiven those who sin against us, as we forgive our debtors. These two requests are inexorably linked together. Give us our bread, forgive us our debts. I don't have any problem remembering to pray for my daily bread, my stomach rumbles, and I know I'm hungry. Often I think I'm hungry when I'm not really hungry, and yet uh, can sense that. But I can easily forget to pray, to pray for pardon. And so when I think of hunger, I ought to think about forgiveness. Because God forgives us, I forgive. I am part of a forgiven fellowship. Knowing God's forgiveness gives me the opportunity and the motivation to forgive others. It's not an option, it's mandatory.
1: The following is a true story that I found in a book called The Survival Club. A young man who was fraught with mental illness could not shake the voices in his head to kill himself. He struggled to fight it off, but eventually he relented, and he jumped the guardrail of San Francisco's Golden Gate Bridge. After jumping, he immediately realized what a horrible mistake he'd made. In the seven seconds that it takes to hit the surface, he said a prayer. God, I don't want to die. I'm sorry. He then attempted to throw his head backward. However, experts say the velocity and the angle that he was traveling head first, it would be impossible. Instead, a gust of wind pushed him and rotated his body back to a feet first 45-degree seated position. Upon impact, his body was horribly broken, but miraculously he didn't die. Although he didn't die, he was then submerged 80 feet underwater. In his condition, he had to fight with all his strength to reach the surface. Just as he thought he wouldn't make it, he broke the surface gasping for air. If things had not already been bad enough, he then found himself caught in the vicious five-way current of the Bay Bridge Channel. Barely treading water, about to give up, he felt a large sea animal poke him. He thought it was a shark and was terrified to have made it this far only to be eaten by sharks. In terror, he cried out to God again, only to be poked continually. After several more pokes, he finally noticed that it wasn't a shark, it was a sea lion. It was prodding him out of the violent currents, over to where the Coast Guard could pull him to safety. Today, he helps others with mental illness, and he admits that he still battles depression from time to time, but he enjoys the peace and stability of a loving God. Listen to Galatians 5, 22 and 23 from the Bible. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You know, I'm here to tell you that this list is a promise from God. When we open up to His Holy Spirit, those attributes are available to us through Jesus Christ. And we no longer have to do life alone. Lastly, if you or someone you know is struggling with suicide, try out this phone number. It's the National Suicide Hotline. 1-800-273-TALK It's important to share how you're feeling with someone that you trust. The world needs you and God promises to be close to the brokenhearted. If this episode helped you, go back and listen to episode 12, Redemption of a Renegade. My friend Daniel tells his story about his attempted suicide and how God saved him and pulled him away from that. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.
2: Thank you for listening to the Think Twice TV podcast. Come see us at thinktwicetv.com. Find original videos, true life stories, and content to help you grow your faith at thinktwicetv.com. This project is sponsored by Media Messengers Evangelistic Association, revealing the love and power of God through media, mediamessengers.org. If you like the show, follow us on social media, find us on Facebook and Twitter at M Messengers, on Instagram at Media Messengers, or subscribe to our growing YouTube channel at youtube.com slash media messengers and please please help us reach more people by sharing this podcast lastly check the show notes for links and resources god bless